Hey, welcome to the Publish, Promote, Profit podcast with me, Rob Kosberg. Every week, I interview thought leaders and experts who have used the book to grow their income and their impact. So tune in weekly for these interviews so you can learn how to use your own best-selling book and go from hunting for clients and opportunities to instead being the hunted. All right. Hey, everybody. Rob Kosberg here. Excited to be with you today for uh, another episode of Publish, Promote, Profit, the podcast. Have a great guest for you today, uh, Judy Oberman. Judy and I, I think, may have met. We both think we may have met, but certainly I think we've run across each other other in, mm-hmm. in the past. And uh, Judy is an award-winning international speaker, of course, best-selling author, trainer, and leading authority on women in leadership. Three decades in business, she combines uh, wisdom and humor and uh, we'll get to enjoy some of that today with her behavior-shaping insights to impact audiences of 10,000 and even uh, as small as one-on-one through executive coaching. Judy's mission, to help one woman a day by following an important philosophy, and I love this, women want to be treated equally, not identically. Judy, thanks so much, and uh, welcome to Publish Remote Profit. Thank you so much, Rob. I'm excited to be here, and I couldn't wait for today. Yay! Well, thank you. Great to have you on. You are a best-selling author of numerous books. I know mm-hmm. how tough it is to write a book, and so you know, I want to ask you questions about your books. I want to ask you questions about your business. Uh, probably the the best place for me to begin, and I'm happy to go in any direction that you like. But I would really love to know. You've obviously written several books. Tell me. How have your books led great opportunity in your path? How have they helped you to get your message of, you know, making a difference to women selling in a skirt or walking on the glass floor, so to speak? So when I wrote uh, Selling in a Skirt, it was, I didn't care if it was best selling or anything. I just wanted to have something you know, because it was a brand new business. Yeah. And when I first saw my book in print, it was when I was at a very large conference. That's when it was delivered. It was supposed to be at my house like a month before. And of right. course, you know, things happen. <laughs> so when I opened up the box and I saw everything, I started to cry because wow. I was like so overwhelmed with this. But and, it, and I sold a ton of books that day because I was the keynote. So it worked. Beautiful. But, what I the reason I wrote the book is because I wanted to use it as a calling card for people that I had not met or people that I had just met. It didn't matter. I just wanted to get the book in the hands of people. Again, being the number one bestseller was not even in my radar. Anyway, so I remember meeting the CEO at an event and he said, you know, we have to get something together. You know, I think what you're doing is great, and blah, blah, blah. And a lot of people say that, you yeah. know. Anyway, so I sent him a copy of the book. But on page 119, uh, in bright pink ink, I said, call me when you get to this page, I'll take you to lunch. And so I said, you know, I'll give you a call, blah, blah, blah. So a couple of weeks later, I hadn't heard from him. So I called and I said, hey, I just wanted to know, did you get my book? And he said, yes, loved the book. And I said, really? And I said, what was your favorite part? He said, I loved your stories because I could yeah. hear you in the book, which is true. My, most people say that. So I said, great. Did you read everything? He said, cover to cover. <laughs> and I said, Okay, so what about page 119? Because it was about bringing more women into the uh, industry. So he said, page 119. I said, do you have the book handy? And he said, yeah, let me get it. And he opens the book and you hear, you know, turning the page and, he, and it's dead silent. <laughs> and he said, I must have missed that page. I'm like, I'm sure you did. I mean, it was bright pink writing. Well, anyway, 
long story short, he took me to lunch and we ended up doing business. But I mean, it was a calling card. That's what it was. That's why I, that's why you know, the book was all about. And I, you know, I give the book away. I do sell the book, of course, yeah. as well, but I've given the books away. Um, I've, I do a lot of things with nonprofits and I'll give them copies of the books because I truly believe there's a message in, in all my books that I really believe people should have women and men. Cause it's, it, even though it says selling in a skirt, it, it also, the subtitle is, the secrets women don't know they know about sales and what men should know too. That's right on the bottom. So I know. it talks about men. Love it. Yeah. So it brought me business, but it was funny how it came about. You, you know, know, great story. I loved the idea. I mean, this is something that we talk to our clients about pretty regularly. I love the idea, number one, of sending your book ahead of you, right? Because especially if you're trying to build a relationship with someone, you want to frame the conversation not as the needy person. You know, I, I want to speak at your conference or I want to work with right. your corporation, but more the expert who can serve and help. And it sounds like that's exactly kind of what you did and what you do with your book. Can you maybe talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. You know, sometimes you're trying to figure things out, like you're building a new program or whatever. And what I do a lot of times is I'll take a chapter of my book and, and make it into a PDF and I'll send it out and I'll nice. say, do me a favor, read this or so-and-so. But I did a survey and I picked 300 of my first connections on LinkedIn, but I'm not talking about people that say, Oh, Judy, I love you so much, whatever you need. It wasn't that it was people that are truly colleagues, you know, that they would do business if they found the reason to do it. So what I did was I asked three questions. First, I asked permission. I always ask permission. Can I send a survey? And of course, a hundred percent of 300 people said yes. Wow. Yeah. So Very then good. I send out the, the three questions, two were yes or no. And one was really the meat of the whole thing. And so I think about 70 something percent responded, which is also great. So then I sent a copy of my chapter of uh, Walking on the Glass Floor about courage. And I thanked them for their courage to actually address this very important topic. And so then they had the copy of the courage chapter. And then when everything was done, I sent out, you know, the survey results and it was really, you know, a nice pie chart and everything that, you know, that they needed. And then I just said to them, you know, knowing how important this is and knowing how much courage it took, who should I be talking to? And I got tons of introductions from that. And then people said, do you think you could have the book you know, sent here so all of my women could read it? Or can you do a talk about, you know, what all of this means so all of my men and women could do it? And then I created the training program that went along with the book, which had exactly what they told me that they needed in the training. Brilliant. And that's what the survey was about. So you so you have like all different ways that you can do the yeah. do business, but you don't just go ahead and say, hey, you know what, Rob, the, you know, you're awesome. So we buy my book. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. That's right. not what business is. That is brilliant. So if I could pry just a little about that, I mean, you must have done some business directly with, you said that those people were kind of ideal prospects yeah. slash colleagues. Did you end up speaking for any of their places? Did you end up actually do coaching? I mean, that just yeah. is a brilliant strategy. How did it end up working for you? Well, like I said, one of the questions was, what would this initiative have to include for you to want to, you know, to, for you to be interested in it? And so what I got was executive coaching gigs. I got speaking engagements. I got sales and leadership training. Wow. Then also somebody asked me to be on their board and, you know, all different things because they realized that what I was trying to do wasn't, I wasn't going after the business first. I was going after what would make sense for them. Right. And that's the whole secret, even with the, the books, you know, it's, it's like when somebody says to you, when you're doing the title and you're doing the cover and you're doing, you know, everything about it. And when somebody thumbs through it, it has to be something that's going to draw them in 
And so I always make sure that what I do is what's in it for them. It's not yep. what's in it for me, because yep. if it's what's in it for me, it's going to be nowhere. Yep. So I'm very careful, very intentional about making sure, because this is how I am. This is who I am, that it's not about me. It never has been about me. It's yep. always about others. So, C- congrats. I, that's, that's fantastic. You know, I quote Zig Ziglar often. Everyone's listening to the same radio station, WIIFM, what's in it for me. Mm-hmm. And that's a, a great you know, what you just described for anybody listening is a beautiful organic strategy. Doesn't cost anything to implement the strategy. You don't even need to have your, your book completed. You nope. can have one great chapter of your book That's done it. that addresses the issue, the main issue. And here you are, you know, you didn't put a dollar amount on it, but you know, executive coaching, leadership, all those kinds of things. It had to be tens of thousands, if not yeah. hundreds of thousands of dollars of income by just serving people, asking questions and not spending a dollar on Facebook ads or Google ads or anything, just using your book. Love it. Love it. Yeah. That's worth funny, the price I, of admission right there. Totally. When I first moved to Dallas, that was in 2007, I think I moved here. Yeah. 2007. We had a corporate position. I was recruited here and then I ended up leaving and that's when all the books came out and whatever. But I remember when I was networking, I would go and talk to people and they would say to me, oh, I'm a servant leader, da, 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 da. And I'm like, okay, I had no idea what they were talking about. <laughs> the next person would say, yeah. I said, well, what do you do? I'm a servant leader. So after like the fourth or fifth person, I said, what do you mean you're a servant leader? What does that actually mean? And they said, you don't know what being a servant leader is? Well, let me describe it. And I said, oh, I do that all the time. I didn't know you had to be have a title that said you were a servant leader. <laughs> so yeah, you know, if you just do the things that are right, yeah. you know, you don't have to announce that you're authentic. You don't have to announce you have high integrity. You don't have to announce you're a servant leader. You just do, you just do it. And so right. the book actually gives you that more exposure to show, you know, when you give, you don't give with the expectation of receiving, you give. If something comes back to you, awesome. And it usually does, but that's yep. not why you give. So. Yep. Well said. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Let's leave the book for just a minute. Cause that's probably okay. a good segue. I want to come back to it cause you know, I'm the book guy, so why not? Right. But, yeah. but tell me what's the big vision for your business you know, I, I love kind of the mission statement, the stuff that I've read on your website, but maybe you could tell us what is the vision, whether it's the helping, you know, one woman at a time or thinking more globally, like what are you trying to accomplish with your writing, with your teaching, with your training, et cetera? It's always been about helping one woman a day. And yeah. the reason I say that is because as I was coming up through the ranks, there were no women. It was me. And so there wasn't wasn't anybody that not necessarily physically looked like me, but had the same kind of challenges that I had. Mm. You know, there were plenty of men that were single dads. I was a single mom, but it's still different. And so if I could help one woman a day exponentially, that's a lot of women. And so what I want to do is I want to give women the tools that they need so that they can be successful, whatever their definition is. My big vision is actually to create you know, more of that and still one woman a day, but I get called to different, I don't know, like tugs on my shoulder. Like here's the entrepreneurs that I work with. Now I'm being called to executive women. So I'm not leaving the entrepreneurs because that's who I am, but I'm going to add that. So my big vision is really to start working with executive women and get them to where they need to be as well. So whether it means giving them the the health that they need. And I don't just mean physical health. It could be mental health, spiritual health, financial health, but to get them in a healthy position so that they can move forward. Because a lot of times women that are in executive positions in corporations, sometimes they're not in the right position. Sometimes they're given a position and they have no idea how they even got it. 
And so a lot of times we struggle with where are we and what are we supposed to do? And what about all this, you know, this thing called balance? So that's one of my big visions. But I'm also, you know, we're in the process of rolling out sales programs for entrepreneurs, for women. So designed by women for women. Mm. It's not to say that men don't take the course because they do. Yeah. But there's very few courses that are really by women for women. Right. So as that's the vision for 2021. Love it. What, what you mentioned that when you were coming up, you were kind of alone right? You didn't come up amongst a group of peers. Mm-hmm. And so that must have been challenging. What, what was that like kind of in a male dominated industry? And can you talk a little bit about that, that the industry yeah. that you were in and what that looked like? <laughs> well, I first started on commercial roofing. Okay. So okay. just go there. <laughs> I started commercial roofing. I was the only female. Pretty obviously. male dominated, I'd say. Yeah, it's very male dominated, <laughs> but it was very interesting to me because they hired me because they wanted me to be the face of the company. I was young. I had no idea what that meant until I started having to climb up ladders. And when I would have to climb up ladders, you know, this was in the time where women wore skirts and dresses all the time. And they told me I always had to wear a skirt and don't worry, because there'd always be somebody underneath you in case you fell. You know, it was that kind of stuff. So that's a little creepy. You think? <laughs> yeah. So obviously, it didn't last much longer. And I'll tell you, the roofers were much kinder and much more of gentlemen than the, you know, the management. Mm. So the roofers would always protect me and make sure that I was safe and so on. But that didn't last, you know, very long. But I got into financial services and insurance. And again, I was the only female. What I do know is originally I was hired because I was female. I do know that because I remember hearing them say, okay, we can check off the box. And when she doesn't make it, we can say we had one. Wow. I remember hearing all of that. Yeah. And then they would tell me, you are too much of a girl. You ask too many questions. You take too long. You you know, blah, 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 blah. To me, all I kept hearing other than the blah, blah was just build relationships. Just keep building relationships. And that's what I did. And when I started to be successful, they would say to me, how did you do that? Why did they buy that? How are they staying on the books? Can you show me how to do that? And so things started to change a little bit. And then when I was in charge of doing recruiting, because I had my own agencies, a lot of women came in and they couldn't understand how I did that either. So it was a learning curve for everybody. And that's why I say women want to be treated equally, not identically. It is my tagline because we just want the same opportunities. We don't want to be men. We don't. It's too confusing for everybody. We want to be us. Just open up a door for us because you can't do this by yourself. And so it was a little tough, but I wouldn't change anything. I really wouldn't. I wouldn't change anything because I wouldn't have my company the way it is. And I wouldn't know the things that I know. And I have a really good sense of humor about a lot of things. So. <laughs> That's good. That's yeah. good. You kept your sense of humor through it all. Ooh, not all the time. <laughs> you know, I think you're right. I mean, I think about many negative experiences that I've been through. And, uh, and quite frankly, some of the more difficult business experiences led me to exactly where I am today, which mm-hmm. I am so grateful for. And I would have never gotten here had it not been for those negative experiences. So, you know, I mean, it. I don't want to be cliche about it, right? But I mean, we are a product of our past, of our history. And, you know, if, if we don't like learn those lessons and then have something to share, then maybe right. it wasn't but, worth anything. But, but sometimes you have to rewind tapes, Yeah, you know, because sometimes they bring back memories. Like when I did, I did a TED talk and when I did my TED talk, I just, it was about being outside the lines. 
So that was the theme. And mine was about being prejudged because I've always been prejudged my entire life. People thought I was intimidating. People thought I was unapproachable because they didn't get to know me. I am an introvert by nature. Mm. And so if you don't start talking to me first, I may not start talking to you. So you think I'm aloof and whatever. Anyway, when I decided to do that, a story came to me that I was going to have to tell. And it was about my father. And it was the very first time that I told the story out loud in a TED talk. Wow. Right. Wow. And so as I was getting ready for this and and doing a TED talk is very different than writing a book, because when you write a book, you can disappear. When you're doing a TED talk, you're right there. You're right there in the lights and the videos and everything else. So as I'm practicing this, I couldn't get through it at all. I mean, I got through like the first three or four minutes and then I couldn't get through it. So a friend of mine who's also a coach, she said to me, you can't talk about yourself. You have to talk about as if it's someone else. And so that's what I did. And I also talked to a friend of mine who does NLP and she gave me all these things to do before I got on stage. And so everything was working and whatever. And I was really good. I started to feel it coming up like that I couldn't breathe anymore. And I would just you know, take a deep breath and it went back down. And I was very good to the very end. And then I burst into tears, but I was already done. That's <laughs> okay then. So, right. So my point is that if it was my book, I could have written this and it's still drawn you in, but it wouldn't have been as painful. Yeah. When I did it in person, it's yeah. very different. So, I mean, it was probably one of the best things I ever did. And so now I could say I did that because I'm not going to do another one. I, <laughs> you know, Why? You've done it. Yeah, really. I don't need to do another one. But if you say you're going to write another book, I might say, no, not now, but I probably will write another book because it's very different. And I could do that. And I could, you know, just sit down and say, okay, I'm going to write a book. Yeah. But, yeah. you know. I want to ask about the writing another book idea, but before you mentioned your TED Talk, I was on your website. You have tons of media appearances. We have our own uh, PR team at Bestseller Publishing, and so we we know how hard it is to book clients for TV, radio, podcasts. Mm-hmm. We do it every day. Did you use your book to get those placements? Like, what was the connection between you getting on media and your book, uh, or was there not? And how did you do it? So originally, no, it wasn't like selling in a skirt didn't get me on any of the podcasts with back then it was radio shows and whatever. It did get me on a couple, but not really. It wasn't really what we weren't promoting because remember, I didn't care if it was a bestseller. It was really more about this. When I wrote Walking on the Glass Floor, we did a whole PR campaign. And we had, there was a, I can't remember what the website was, but if you had to get at least a hundred people that followed you and they would tally up what their social reach was. And so when the books came out, you know, you could just, everybody just hit send. And so everybody would start blasting out about it. Well, we became a bestseller because of that. Right. But again, to me, you know, somebody said, well, just pay me 10,000. I'll make you number one bestseller. I'm like, I don't want it that badly. You know, it wasn't like that. But with that book, because we did a whole PR campaign, I did get on tons and tons and tons of podcasts. And I we did get lots of write ups. And I was given the nod by Thrive Global as one of the women to watch. Nice. Yeah, for Women's International Day. So it was that kind of stuff. So it was pretty awesome. It really was. It was pretty awesome. But again, it was a concerted effort. It wasn't just you can't do this by yourself. You can't. You have to have other people that are willing to support you. And I'm not afraid to ask. Yeah. No, that's beautiful. You know, you're you're a humble person, and I say that to obviously don't know you in day to day life, but I say that because, you know, your desire was to help people, and it wasn't about the accolades of being a number one bestseller or the accolades of being on media. Now, with that said, you know, impact is what you're looking for, right? And so, 
you know, media get you in front of people. And the more people that buy your books, the more people that you can impact. And the more people that you reach, the more people that that will be changed. And I'm sure that because of that effort with walking on the glass floor, I'm sure many, many more people were impacted simply because they saw you everywhere, right? I mean, do you have any stories about that? Was there any stories about people that heard you somewhere or saw you somewhere speaking, et cetera, that was like, yes, this really helped me or, you know, that kind of motivated or inspired you? Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of people that, you know, there's one story in particular, which was kind of, I don't even know if I'm going to say it was weird, but it was weird Yeah. because we were doing um, a big training for one of the insurance companies and there were probably a hundred women and we were doing it virtually. So when you have a hundred women and you're on the big screen, when you look out there, you see part of the room you know, because you can't see everything. And so the person that was there kept turning the laptop so I could see them because they were all talking to me. Well, there was one woman that said, can you turn the camera this way? She was all the way to my left. And she said to me, we know each other better than you think we do. Now, I had never met her before. (laughs) I had never seen her before. Okay. Not, Not never. And I said, okay, now remember, you're on the big screen, so you have to have a poker face. Yeah. You cannot be like, what? Right, okay. <laughs> anyway, so I'm like, okay. And she said, so let me tell you my story. I said, okay. She said, when I was, uh, when I graduated college, I have a degree in archaeology, and it didn't go anywhere. So I went to music education. And so I want to get a job as a music teacher, and my husband wouldn't allow it. He just wouldn't allow it. And so he was physically violent to her. Mm. And this is what she's telling me you know, again, when somebody says that to you, you know, and you can't. So I'm just sitting here hanging onto my chair. So then she said, but that's not the story. I'm like, okay. So she said, so I went back to school and I decided that I was going to do, I can't remember what the second piece was, but then my sister gave me a book. My sister lives in Dallas and she gave me this book to read. And when I read the book, I thought I have to go into financial services. Still didn't hear, didn't get it, nothing. <laughs> And so she said, I went into financial services. This time, my husband really did a number on me. And I finally had the courage to leave him because I knew that if I would just follow what this book said, I knew I could be successful even if I was by myself. And she holds up the book. Wow. I burst into tears. Wow. No more more poker face for you. (laughs) There was none. And she said to me, so I owe my life to you. Well. What do you say? I mean, I I mean, right now I could feel it. But, you know, what do you say? You know, when you hear something like that, which you would, how would anybody hear that? You wouldn't hear that. And how yeah. would she? So it was just like, and if I could have like hugged her, I would have hugged her. But obviously we were in, you know, two different parts of the country. But yeah. you get things like that when people see you on a news program or they hear you on a radio show and they say, oh, my goodness, it's really you. And yeah. I'm like, it's I'm nothing different than what you are. Yeah. I'm just not. You know, so there's lots of stories like that. And I just, you know, I hold on to them because they're so important to me. They really are so important. Oh, you should. I got a little, I felt it coming up in my throat. Honest to goodness. I mean, I was like, I know. I know, I know what I'm that's like, like. I'm sure you hear it all the time. It's just the same. It's the same thing. Everybody hears it, but people forget it. Yeah. You can't forget it. That's yeah. the thing. You have to remember because it's those things that brought you to the dance and you shouldn't forget them. Yeah, I love that. Now, that was your first book. That was Selling in a Skirt? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I love that title. I also saw you had some other cool 
catchy titles. I think on more, it was either blog posts or individual chapters. One was uh, how to outsell every man in your office. I love that one. <laughs> um, That's a special report. Yeah. The special report. Beautiful. I yeah. saw you had like multiple special reports. Yeah. That one stood yeah. out to me. I thought that was fantastic. You do a great job with hooking people, I feel. Something yeah. that, again, you know, the whole what's in it for me, right? You need to, you need to address people where they're at with the title of a book, with the subtitle of a book, et cetera. Any particular strategies that you use or any particular process that you use to come up with a cool title like selling in a skirt or like how to outsell every man in your, you know, like anything that you kind of do or, or use to put those together? I do a brain dump. I really yeah. do. I take a piece, I have a pad and, and paper and I have other people that'll sit there and yeah. just write down everything that you could think of that's sales or anything, you know, whatever. And we all, you know, it's like, okay, we're close, but we're not close enough. You, you know when it's right. But I remember many, many years ago, I was opening up a high-end stationery store and we had to come up with a name. You didn't want it to be the gift this or whatever. So we all do this. We all wrote things down, anything that had to do with stationery, anything that had to do with gifts, anything, anything. And so after hours of doing this, wow. I took my pad and I threw it down and I said, I am not doing this anymore. I have writer's cramp. And I went, oh my God, that's the name. And the name of my stationery store was the writer's cramp. So <laughs> You know, that's a lot of times what we do is, you know, we'll say something like, yeah, I don't know. But with selling in a skirt, it's an acronym. Yes, and so, I saw that. Right. So w when you think about what are the problems that women have? Well, I had every one of those problems. Yeah. And when you mushed them around, which is a very technical term, it spelled out the word skirt. Yeah. Well, go, I'm a go female. Through them, Judy. Go through. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's standing out. Yep. It's keys to success, inspiration, results, and time management. Nice. So it's spelled skirt. How convenient. So I'm female. I'm selling. So why don't I sell in a skirt? But sometimes the men will say to me, well, I don't wear a skirt. Can I wear a kilt? And, you know, all that funny stuff. And I'm right. like, it's, it has nothing to do with the article of clothing. Right. But in reality, you have to be careful how you brand yourself because everywhere I go, I have to wear a skirt because people will call me out on it. They have. No kidding. You know? They're like, yeah. you can't sell in jeans. <laughs> <laughs> I, I said my next book is going to be selling in pajamas, you know, <laughs> oh, that's selling in one. yoga pants. You yeah. Know? <laughs> so, yeah. Love that. Yeah. Now, I read the How to Outsell Every Man in Your Office and, and talked about that and selling a skirt. Now, you, I've mentioned before, you, you have a wonderful disposition, easy to talk to, you know, fun. Do you ever get a situation where you know, people think you're different than you are because you do have kind of, you know, the, I tell my clients, this is the way to do it. Like if you believe something, don't worry about the opposition viewpoint, take a stand, even if it provokes some negative emotion. And I just wondered, like, do some of these titles provoke some negative emotion or at least like the preconceived idea of, of what Judy's like? Well, that's another whole story because, <laughs> like I said, growing up, everybody thought I was intimidating because they didn't right. give me this opportunity. But right. I will tell you, some there was a company, the, the woman that was in charge of programming, she came up to me at an event. We were both displaying at this big event. And she said to me, I just have to tell you, I hate the title of your your company and your book. I'm like, what? She said, selling in a skirt. I hate it. And I'm like, what do you mean you hate it? She said, it's very sexist. And I said, well, I don't think so, but I hear you and thank you for letting me know that. Millions of people. No one has ever said this before. Yeah. Anyway, so they decide they want to bring me in to speak. And I could see her cringing because she has to introduce me. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so she asked me for my bio. And I think I put selling in a skirt, I don't know, 20 times. Judy. 
I did. I did because she was, but she was rude about it. She wasn't yeah. even kind, but yeah. she was rude. And I thought, okay, so I, you know, here's you went ahead my and gave it to her, huh? <laughs> she's looking at it and she's, and you could hear her like gulp. So her company selling its skirt, you know, and I just thought, okay, okay. But I mean, the, the talk went great and yeah. she really, yeah. she thanked me and they did bring me back again and I didn't do it the second time. But um, yeah, so I, it's, it's more like that. You know, most people don't really, they, what, okay, here's what they do say. Why isn't your company called Judy Hoberman? And I said, because it's not about me. It's never been about me and yeah. it's not about me. And so they said, I know, you know, you should talk about yourself and like, right. No. Yeah. Or you'll turn people off maybe, or, you know, and I don't agree with any of that. I'm like, look, if you yeah. believe something and you're trying to get a message out, then don't worry yeah. if it's going to provoke some negative emotion. Those people aren't going to buy from you anyway. That's correct. Uh, the, the, and beside the fact people remember selling in a skirt yes. more than anything, people that have heard it when I first brought it out in 2009, that when the book first came out, it, I think it was 2011 when the book came out. But since 2009, when I started talking about selling in a skirt, people have come up to me and they said, I heard you speak when you first started. And he's, and they said, I remember everything that you said. And I remember the name of your company. Yeah. Okay. There's nothing better than that. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly right. No, it's very memorable. And that's why I want to ask you specifically about how you come up with titles or subtitles, because, you know, that's just a huge mistake. It's the first and, and oftentimes the biggest mistake that people make, because, you know, if you don't have something that's a great hook, they'll never get to page one. No, <laughs> you know, they'll just no. move on to the next book. You know, they, you got, what, 2.8 seconds or something to get their attention on Amazon anyway, so you better do a good job with it. Yeah. So great, great talking to you. Tell me, what, what am I missing? What have I forgotten to ask? Or what else would you like to share? So should I tell you how my book got written? Yes, you there you go. Tell me about so, the problems you had, challenges you may have had. <laughs> yeah. Yes, please do. That's a good one. Yeah. So my book, my uh, business coach at the time, she was my very first female business coach. I mean, she was the one that helped me develop selling in a skirt. And, you know, she had a, an office. It was all whiteboards and whiteboards make me nervous anyway, because I'm not that person. I'm an implementer. I'm not the strategist. And right. She's a strategist. Anyway. So first she said to me, where do you want to end up? And I said, well, I want to end up with this really cool bar on a very remote island, but it's only for, you know, amazing people. And she said, okay, so how do you, how do you want to get there? And I said, by plane. She said, no, how do you want to get there? I said, boat? She goes, Judy, listen to me. How do you want to get there? And then I realized what she was saying. Yeah. So then we came up with selling in a skirt and how it was going to be. And she said, so the very first thing you need to do is you need to write a book. And I said, I'm not writing a book, not on my radar. Don't care about it. She said, yeah. no, no, listen, you have so many years of experience. Let's get it out. Let's organize it, get it out. I said, I'm not doing it. She said, okay, don't write a book. How about if you just, if you were going to ever write a book, why don't you just write the, the chapters what they would include. And so I never said yes. I went, mm. okay, so <laughs> I know next, where this is going. <laughs> I, okay, well, kind of, sort of. So here we are, the next visit that we have. And so she says to me, uh, you know, we did our, our thing. And at the end, she said to me, so read it to me. And I said, read what? She said, the chapters. And I had nothing to say. She said, so you didn't do it, did you? And I said, no. She said, okay, can you do me a favor? I said, absolutely. She said, do you know the busiest street in Dallas? And I said, I know I could find it. She said, okay, I want you to get in your car. I want you to drive to that busy intersection. I want you to roll down your window and I want you to take your wallet and throw it out. I want you to roll up your window and drive home. I said, well, that's stupid. She goes, that's what you do to me every week. Ooh. And all of a sudden 
I thought I have disrespected somebody so badly that mm. that's how she told me. Wow. And so the next week I had my chapters written. Wow. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Because it took somebody to really like say, okay, get over yourself. We're going to do this. Yeah. And so, you know, I always say, well, if you're going to hire a coach, you might as well listen to them. Yeah. I have a similar story in one sense. In 2008-9, when my real estate-related company failed miserably, I don't know if there's another way to fail, by the way. Maybe you can fail happily, <laughs> but I, I couldn't. And I asked a couple of mentors what they would do if they were in my situation because I was branding myself in a new way. They they told me also that I should write a book. And, and it took me about 18 months. I don't know how long it took you, but it took me about 18 months from beginning of 2008 to the end of 2009 to actually get that accomplished. And it changed, obviously changed my life since then. You know, I've obviously written several of my own, but a thousand plus for clients that we've helped. So I'm glad you took, eventually took her advice. <laughs> yeah, it only took me, it took me about four months to write my book. My second book oh. I wrote like in a weekend because wow. my I, the woman that was going to be my copy editor, she said, stop writing a book, write 80 blog posts. Mm. That's all. It's just 80 blog posts that you need to write. I'm like, I can do that. And so so you are you a natural writer? Do you write every mm -hmm. day or? Well, I, I always post on social media and there's usually, you know, like a good amount of stuff that I'm saying because yeah. I love to write. Sometimes I get stuck on the first word. Like, how yeah. do I start it? Once I get that, I'm like, you know, I could just do the whole thing. Yeah. But I love to write. I do. That's I beautiful. A lot of people are listening to that going, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you know, just if you if you follow me on social media, you will see exactly what I do every single day that I post every day before 7 a.m. Central Time every single day. Well, for because those of you listening and you're thinking, well, Judy, she has all of the uh, ability. I am not a natural writer. It becomes very difficult for me. So believe me, you can do it whether Absolutely. you are a natural writer or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't always a natural writer. I became yeah. a natural writer. It sounds like that's what happened, actually. It sounds yeah. like, you know, you said something about yourself a, a few minutes ago. You said that you're more an implementer than the strategist. And of course, we all have different strengths and mm -hmm. weaknesses. But, you know, I have found that people that are implementers are the most successful people. Obviously, you have gifts to strategize and all of that, clearly. But if you're willing to implement and get your hands dirty and really put the work in, then, man, you can develop some incredible talents. And you obviously have. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, awesome. strategy is like, mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not as fun as implementing, I guess. Yeah. I just like, just tell me where to show up. I'm there, you know. <laughs> Beautiful. So, Judy, where can people uh, go to learn about you, maybe get your uh, materials, book you for speaking, whatever it is? Give us a, a few places and tell us kind of what's next on your radar also. So you can go to my website, which is sellinginaskirt.com. Can't forget or that. Or walkingontheglassfloor.com, either one. They'll take you to the other one, whichever one you go to. I'm on all social media, either under Selling in a Skirt or Judy Hoberman. And like I said, I do post every single day because I really do believe that either you need to hear something that's inspirational or something that makes you think. And so I do that every single day. What's next for me is there's not going to be a book in 2021. I know that because I have too many other things that are working right now. I'm you know, building this program for executive women and we have a sales program for entrepreneurs and you know, just those kind of things that really I need to focus on. And I know if I start to do a book, then all the other stuff happens when you write a book. And so I just have to really be focused. But my husband keeps saying, you need to write another book. It's time. So I would say... By the end of the year, probably we'll write. We'll start to write something. Good, good. You should because your books have led to wonderful things for you, yeah. as evidenced by that 
you know, heartwarming story that, that you shared. And uh, there's more people like that in the world that want to be touched by you. So congratulations on all your success. Thank you so much for being on Publish Remote Profit. And of course, I follow you and will continue to do so. Thank you so much. And thanks for the opportunity to be here. I really, really appreciate it. My pleasure.